Hi, I'm Dr. Jean Beeman. I'm a sociologist and professor at the University of California in Santa Barbara, United States. And I conduct research on race and racism in both France and the United States. And based on my expertise and the research that I've conducted, I'm interested in COVID-19 for a variety of reasons, but also, namely, for what it reveals about how racism continues to structure American life and American society. Already, uh, we've seen staggering levels of uh, deaths of Black Americans across the country disproportionate to their population uh, and their makeup in the United States. And scarily, we've also seen, as other scholars have noted, a rise in surveillance capitalism, or in other words, using the tools of surveillance to continue to mark African Americans um, and also Latinos as suspect um, in under the guise of protecting uh, Americans from the coronavirus or the spread of the coronavirus. Like most things in capitalist societies, coronavirus or COVID-19 is not the great equalizer that many, including Madonna, say that it is, right? I mean, we know that public health issues, pandemics such as this one, only reify or further exacerbate the existing racial and ethnic inequalities in the United States. So for example, I've been thinking about how legal scholars Lonnie Guerre and Gerald Torres have this idea of the of African Americans as a sort of um, minor's canary, right? The idea being that you know the distress that faces them or that faces African Americans is the first sign of distress that faces us all. And I think this is something we can think about more generally um, as it relates to different aspects of American society, but also um, is clear in how both the COVID-19 um, COVID is playing out as, as in addition to reactions to it or sort of discourses around COVID-19. Right, so we're seeing that, for example, um, the deeply problematic and fraught healthcare system that we have in the United States is only serving to further marginalize um, African Americans, both in terms of their ability to um, uh, to self quarantine or to socially isolate themselves, um, due to the fact, due to the sort of pat long-standing patterns of racial residential segregation, and then also thinking about the different jobs that African-Americans tend to occupy, which, you know, in various ways may not allow them to work from home or work remotely, which most of us are, are sort of encouraged or heavily encouraged to do. Um, but also thinking about how sort of, um, who we construct in our society as quote unquote essential workers. So people in jobs such as working at grocery stores or supermarkets, working on um, as bus drivers, as um, uh, train, uh, train conductors on the metro lines in various metropolitan areas, um, often tend to be African-American and Latinos. So we're seeing that the people that cannot afford to both literally and figuratively self-isolate um, themselves during this period in which we're all required to do so only exacerbates existing in a racial and ethnic inequalities. And so um, 
so yet again, um, people who, and so then people who are in our African-Americans, especially who are in these lower wage jobs and are not able to, for various reasons, not work or work remotely, are further marginalized in our society. And this is only a manifestation of long-standing patterns of, as I mentioned, racial residential segregation, general economic inequality, and various um, racial and ethnic inequities uh, as it relates to health and healthcare uh, provision. So I think as sociologists or as people who are invested in issues of race and racism, we have to be really clear that despite the fact that this, you know, even though this is a global pandemic, it is not affecting all Americans or all people around the world equally. And that really matters. That should matter to anyone who cares about any kind of social stratification or social or racial and ethnic inequality. As a scholar who also studies uh, these issues in the French context, you see very similar patterns of who and what communities are less likely to be able to self-isolate in terms of sort of their living arrangements, the kinds of jobs they have, the sort of economic or financial resources they have relative to the rest of the population. And then relatedly and disturbingly, um, growing efforts at sort of, you know, what other scholars refer to of the ways in which the tools of surveillance are used to further marginalize Blacks Black individuals, uh, you know, around the world, but specifically as uh, as I as I've researched in the United States and France. So, for example, we can think about the recent video that circulated of a black man being pulled off a SEPTA bus in Philadelphia for not having a mask, right? Um, and so, the ways in which the police is is deployed in the guise of improving public health at a way that actually endangers this individual man's safety. And there's been a very similar incidents of the same kind of violence, the same kind of harassment by the police in France, in which uh, racial and ethnic minorities are sort of, um, are stopped or harassed by the police, and that is seen as more legitimate because of this global threat of this pandemic of COVID-19. So I think it's crucial that as sociologists and as scholars, social scientists, scholars more generally, who are interested in issues of race and racism, to not miss how even though these phenomena that seemingly affect you know, everyone or all of us around the world are still stratified differently, are still affecting us differently. And we really miss an opportunity if we, an opportunity to, to ameliorate this if we ignore that. 